0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. Have you ever used YS Park clips and combs? They are a game changer behind the chair, everybody. I love the long tail foiling combs and the shark clips, especially. Those are my key 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 tools that I use behind the chair every time I have my tray set up those are the tools on it especially for clips and combs I absolutely love them you can get them on passionbeauty.com and you can use my code Gina10 to save 10% off your spark tools if you spend over $100 you also get free shipping it's a great deal be sure to check it out at passionbeauty.com what is up everybody and welcome to the gina bianca podcast so excited today i get to interview and hang out with we haven't seen each other in like two years and it's just been so amazing to schedule this and get it on the books but one of my really good friends danielle green she is an amazing mother entrepreneur a coach and owner of radically curly salon danielle welcome to the podcast thank you gina thank you for having me it's my pleasure. I am so grateful you're here and that we had the time to do this. Last time we saw each other, we met at the A-School Retreat with Passion Squared. She had a little retreat in northern Portland, in Portland and it was amazing. We had so much fun.
1: Yes, we truly bonded. When I found out that you were you who were pulling up, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to be hanging out with this girl. <laughs> We had so much fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Remember the winery we just escaped to? We just (laughs) were driving through the mountains and stumbled upon a winery. That was so cool. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. It was like a little
0: crazy hole in the wall place. (laughs) And we're like, are you open? (laughs) Yes. And we went to Tillamook Cheese Factory. Not sponsored. Um, We actually went there. (laughs) Yes.
1: And just... Uh we pigged out, but it was the best time. It
0: was so uh, good.
1: So yummy. And the place mm. we
0: stayed was gorgeous, like on the ocean. Um,
1: it was. We had such yes. a blast.
0: Thank you, Nina, for introducing Yeah, me I
1: was just about to say, mm-hmm. Nina Kovner knows how to throw a, a party or a retreat.
0: <laughs> it was incredible. And I met Nigel there. That was the first time mm-hmm. I ever worked with Nigel. That was like mm-hmm. a super... You know, he and I worked with him two or three times after that in L.A. When I went out to L.A., I I booked him and he helped me through a lot. I feel like every time I went and saw Nigel, his Instagram, I believe, is at the whole body method or whole Mm -hmm. body method or something. But Nigel is Nina's healer. And she actually shared him with us, which I was just like, oh, my God, like, Nina, thank you. And I worked with him um, a few times. And I felt like every time I had worked with him, I had like years of trauma shed off me. Yes, it was.
1: Yes, he's an amazing healer. So he thank you, is. Nina.
0: Thank you, Nina. Right. For
1: Shout out to Nina at Passion Squared. She is the best. <clears throat> um. So Danielle, <clears throat> you.
0: First of all, you're so beautiful. <laughs> I just love you.
1: Ooh, <laughs> I love your you. hair.
0: You look amazing. <laughs> um. And I'm just so grateful you're here. And I would love to hear your story because we had talked a lot, um, at the retreat, but you know, I would love to hear like, as far back as you want to go, I'm totally open to anything. I've had people start at childhood. I've had people start like five years ago. It's totally up to you, like where you want to go with it and like what you want to share on the podcast today. But I would love to hear your story and then kind of move into what you're working on today. I know that you're an advocate. I know that you're an amazing educator and coach, and I would love to just just have an amazing conversation. So tell us, you know, who you are, what you do and tell us your story.
1: Thank you for that intro, first of all. Um, I just have to give you your flowers first, Gina. Uh, Before I go into myself, I just wanna say how proud I am of you and how far you've come and how you've transformed your life. And um, you are an inspiration to many and you share your gifts so openly and so freely and you're not afraid to use your voice and I respect that so much and I just want to say thank you and you are owed all the flowers and just thank you for having me here. So <laughs>
0: let me get started. Oh my God, I was muted. I love you. Thank you so much. That was very sweet. That was very You're, sweet.
1: Welcome. Was very You're sweet. welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I really, I love you too. I really don't know where to begin because each um, experience that I have had in my story has been very intense, each each one of them. So I guess, you know, if I were to start somewhere that's a good, safe place for me to start, it would be my most recent experience through um, the shutdown, the quarantine, And um, the reason why I want to start there is because in that, there's a lot of references to parts of my past that I can speak on. And the shutdown was wonderful for me. It um, allowed me to be home and be still. And even though it was chaotic outside my home and everything that we were being fed through the media, um, I just felt very safe in my space. And I hadn't had that kind of time in my home where I felt safe ever, ever. I, I, I don't even recall a time when i felt so safe and secure and balanced and even though there was all of this chaos going on outside i knew that i was at home i was safe and anytime i had to step outside i knew what i needed to do to protect myself and it was very simple simple just going to the market you know going to get whatever i needed to leave out of the house i knew how to protect myself and i knew that i was going back home and and while i was at home i was able to spend time with my daughter who is going to be 22 this year and the last time i was at home like that where i had time away from work was when she was born and so that was really special But it was a very challenging time because I was a single mom. And And I'm still a single mom, but she's an adult now, so it's different. So during that time, it was just very peaceful. I was able to get a lot of rest and really start figuring out what was next for me. The year prior in 2019 was a very hectic year. I spent a lot of time educating on the road and I discovered, Gina, that I hated that. And at the beginning of 2020, uh, the tipping point for me was just, I didn't like the way, how do I put this? I didn't like the direction certain things were going as it related to what I advocated for. And so I chose to step away from it and focus all of my energy on my business because what was happening is when I stepped away and was educating that whole year, my business was suffering.
0: I can totally relate to that.
1: Mm-hmm. And like traveling and,
0: and teaching, like it fills you up to a sense, but it's a mm-hmm. very it comes at a price.
1: It does. And the 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 teaching that I was giving was to take this cultural poison that had been inflicted into the natural hair movement, Um, it was a huge weight, a huge burden for me to bear. But I had been working on this for a decade. And I wanted to, to, to take that poison and convert it to medicine somehow. And the only way that I knew how was to use my voice and to speak out, right? And then I discovered, okay, I needed to step away from going outside of my business and bring it all back inside the business. So the shutdown allowed me to, or the quarantine allowed me to really get right with myself because that was a huge shift because I thought that I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be heard. I thought that I, needed to, I had that um, imposter so- syndrome. I thought that I needed to be like everybody else that was doing all of this, only to discover that it caused me a great deal of pain. And so I had to turn that pain into love. And the only way that I know how to turn turn that into love is to go inside myself and find my self-awareness and what was bothering me, um, really become disciplined in what I said out loud, how I spoke, um, and to have, find and reach some self-acceptance that I am okay and that I'm enough. So not only am I fighting for everyone else in their trauma around natural hair and what's going on in the industry, and, how, and changing what's going on in the industry or using my influence to uplift the industry, um, I was suffering because I wasn't disciplined within myself to give back to me. And it, it's hard to ground yourself when you're giving so much. And the, the quarantine really helped me to make that shift and make some decisions and you know, Once you make a decision, if you believe in the universe out there, anyone that's listening, the the universe will conspire to help you make that change. And so I believe in journaling. I like to write things down and I call it manifestation. You just
0: inspired me with how you said something. I've never Mm -hmm. heard it said, said like that. Um, when you make a decision, the universe will conspire to help you. Mm -hmm. Now I've heard it said many other ways, but when you make a decision, when you decide and, and I coach to this, that we live in indecision and that's when we suffer. And when you make the decision, I'm going to do this, like I'm going to be successful, whatever that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. When you make that decision and you journal it out, you write it down, you put it out there, you talk about it, the universe will help you. But when you live in indecision, that is when everything kind of you're on the wrong frequency, you're on the wrong path because you can't decide. So thank you for saying it that way.
1: Just wanted to pop this. Of course, yeah, Gina. It's it's almost like I've I've gone through a lot of trauma in my life, and I've done the work and and um, have found the ways to heal myself. But you can't heal what's not revealed. So it's just like when you make a decision to make a change. You almost have to speak it out loud or write it down or share it with someone. It's almost like a sense of accountability, right? And that's really what I went through starting in 2020. And magically, (laughs) you know, I have my salon space is one of the largest salon suites under the Sola Salons umbrella. So I lease my space from Sola Salons. And Sola Salons made a way for all of us here in my location in Las Vegas to to not only keep us in business but they supported us all by not charging us rent during that two and a half month shutdown. So that was one thing that was a relief, a sigh of relief. So, you know, rent comes and it comes quick. You know, it, it, those, whether you pay it monthly or weekly, it comes quick. And so that was a, a, a true gift from the universe.
0: And thank you Sola for doing that in that mm-hmm. area
1: like mm-hmm. that so
0: that's mm-hmm. amazing
1: it is and and i to do that and that's amazing no that i know mm-hmm. and it was and i'm beyond grateful for that and and i just have to tell you how in tune i was with the universe and what i wanted now i have wanted more space for our salon space for years And just for whatever reason, whether it was good for me or not good for me, it didn't happen, okay? The way that I thought it was supposed to happen. But the silver lining was COVID happened. And in 2020, uh, Sola salons offered us the largest space that they had. And this space was offered to us initially when they built it, but because of some things that happened with the way that I was running my business prior, I wasn't able to lease that space. I wasn't ready for it. So the silver lining was we moved into this larger space. And so we we reopened in May and Gina, our business has skyrocketed. And I'm grateful that it has, but I do not take it for granted because things change. New new businesses open. The new next thing happens. And I just am so appreciative for what I've allowed myself to receive because it's almost like everything that I gave all of 2019 I was able to receive it back in 2020 even during a shutdown oh my
0: god I totally can relate to that too I never Mm -hmm. felt more empty in the beginning of COVID Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: I had never Mm -hmm. felt more empty and Mm -hmm. I feel now and I'm still on my journey to recovery and it will always be that mm-hmm. journey, but I've never felt more grateful, more blessed, more appreciative and more just mm-hmm. like open and like in such a better state. And I can totally relate to like before feeling so empty and like nobody mm-hmm. knows that because you're an influencer or you're on stage. Right. Like I'm glad you're Every day. about it. I'm glad you're talking about it. It's like you have a reputation to upkeep, so nobody knows. And then almost like if you complain, it's like champagne problems. And it's just like, still, I'm a human,
1: but. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to stay in the in the race, right? And so when when we lost um, so many lives, just people that we know, people we don't know, you start to to realize what's truly important you know and and 2020 taught me that and i listened to one of your podcasts about the thing that will change your life and it it resonated so great with me because my daughter actually had been telling me this for years not so much for me to do it but how important it was for her to do it and that was to put yourself first Now, I'm going to talk about that a little bit because I never put myself first. From the moment I was taken out of my mother's arms as an adopted, as a was given up for adoption, I always sought after approval and acceptance. Okay, so I always put myself last because I always wanted to be loved. And putting yourself first is hard to do if you're not used to doing it. Yeah. it's But that, for my daughter. Yeah. It's that like, <laughs> hi,
0: she's so cute. Um, <laughs> but having that, um, I learned in treatment that that's the shame existence bind. It's like, just by being here. It's like, I'm doing something wrong and I need approval or that Mm -hmm. rejection, you know, being given up for adoption. I can imagine that feeling of not being wanted and who knows, I don't know the exact situation, but I know a lot of people who had that happen and it's out of your control. And like, for me, my dad was in jail. My mom was always working. And I don't, I'll never say a bad thing about my mom at this point, but like I felt abandoned and rejected and then in school abandoned and rejected. And then that led me to always seeking approval and perform, perfect, please. That Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection book, she talks a lot about that. We perform, we have to be perfect and perfect everything and we live to please, And it does come from those things that happen when we're younger that we have no control over. And it realizing that I think is an incredible gift.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. And it's, it's tough (laughs) because this is my 50th spin around the sun and I'm still learning the lesson and putting your, putting myself first, Uh, From 2020 into 2021 has been huge for me. Uh, My daughter, she actually started it first (laughs) when she went into cosmetology school. And I'm like, how does she know this? Like, how is she so wise? And then I remember, oh, I'm her mom, (laughs) you know? And that's just, that's not being arrogant or anything, but she's watched me. She's watched me learn to heal myself so how did I do that how did I put myself first you know in this business I was taught that you work until there's no more work left you answer every call as it's coming in when that phone rings that means someone wants to give you money
0: and you answer with two rings and a smile
1: yes (laughs) yeah And you work all day, you know. You sacrifice. You sacrifice your time away from your home. You you just put your whole entire being into this uh, behind the chair, and that is. It has its rewards, I guess. It has its financial gain, and that's not what it. That's not everything. Because when you do that and you start depleting yourself and just giving so much away, your, your tank just starts getting more and more empty. And as that's just as a stylist. And then as a business owner, it's even greater because you have all this other weight that you're carrying, you know. And going back to the social media part, I was getting into the imposter syndrome of how it's just such a commitment to influence others, that's exhausting, you know? So wanting to be like everyone else and you know comparing yourself and this and that, it's all, we as humans don't realize how much weight and how much pressure that puts on our souls. And our souls, it chips away at our souls when we are bullied, when people... Um, write poor reviews about you when you know you were there too during that experience or when you have situations going on that are just out of your control in your business It, it chips away at you because your business is a piece of you it's your baby It's part of your soul you created that you wanted to share that so how I came to that decision that okay I need to take a step back how do I do that well, of course I can't just do it selfishly for me, me being the giver that I am. I have to offer it to my team too, because I don't want them to end up like me. So the first step was to really offer time away from the salon. So that's what I did. I offered for my team to, because we are a employee-based salon, I offered Days off more than just two. So, we all are on a four day uh, work week, except for myself. I just uh, came down to three, and that's how I am putting myself first. And this is actually my first week doing it. It's Tuesday, and I'm not at the salon. I was able to get up this morning, handle my business, do my meditation, do my chanting. And I'm going to, after this call, work out, and I'm going to be giving back to myself. But what that looked like in 2019, it was Sunday, sleeping all day, finally having a meal, and Monday, running around, scurrying around, handling my things that I need to handle, and then hop back on the, the train going forward as fast as I can starting Tuesday through Saturday not having lunch breaks hardly having bathroom breaks and our coach my coach Nina Covner of Passion Square teaches us that you have to pencil in your breaks you have to schedule your breaks and so i started doing that for my team they have scheduled lunch breaks they have days more days off so that they can have time with their family and enjoy the fruits of their labor and so far, it, it's only April, but it took me a whole year to get to this point. And, and people often say, well, how do you do that? How do you, how do you schedule time away? You just have to do it. You have to start either, you have to start by either not scheduling people on those days or just calling those clients and asking them to come a different day. And it it seems simple. It, it seems like it's something that anyone should be able to do, but you have to make the decision to do it. And when you make the decision to do it, everything else will fall into place.
0: I would love to even talk about, you know, for me, when I got out of treatment, I went to, I don't know if you know this, Danielle, but I went to... Um inpatient treatment in September for like Mm -hmm. six weeks and coming out, I was like, cause I was there like with no phone on a strict schedule. I had three roommates and lived with 10 amazing women and Mm -hmm. I needed to get away and like really figure out myself. And I had kind of made up in my head that I was going to like a luxury yoga retreat. Um, <laughs> that's not what it was. It was amazing there. Don't get me wrong, but the schedule mm. is really important. And when I came home, I was working with my therapist on a schedule and going back to what you had said about, we are taught like what pretty much, you didn't say this exactly, but what success looks like we're taught how to make money. We're taught how to be successful in the industry as you work until the work is done. And mm-hmm. what I learned really quickly I put a schedule Monday through Friday and, um, I booked the entire schedule. Like I booked like until there was no time left and there were no breaks in there. It was like incredibly exhausting. And I had to stop and say, okay, I'm going down the same path. And I had to block everything out like I deleted my schedule I did everything that was on the schedule but I deleted it and I redid it and I scheduled Mm -hmm. way less time and if I go outside of my schedule something that I do and I don't know if this is helpful because we can't be perfect all the time and I don't want people to feel like you know well if I book outside of it I'm failing because that's how I was feeling I was like okay well if I go against my scheduling boundary I'm failing and I'm bad and like I'll never get this right So what I do with my Apple calendar, and this is just a quick little strategy just to pop in, is if you book outside on one day, schedule another day off, not completely. So like say today I overbook myself by an hour, which I did. What I'll do is I'll go to Thursday and I'll put the busy sign on so I don't book anymore on Thursday. So it will open mm-hmm. up space on that day. And I do my best to balance that way. So like if, if I have like a crazy week, I'll go ahead the next week and I'll just not allow any more bookings. And I'll just give myself some breathing room to catch up on the things that I know I didn't do this week because I know that if I overbook, I'm like, t- like I am not eating if I overbook. You know what I mean? So I need to make sure that I'm mindful. And like before I would think of it as like a punishment, like, oh, well, you know, my mind is so trained to be a workaholic. And I think Mm -hmm. that as a stylist- being a stylist meets so many of our needs. It's certainty. It pays the bills. It's uncertainty with relationships. Relationships are the biggest form of uncertainty, significance, being able to really make someone feel special and change their life. The connection we have with our guests, the growth we have in our skills and then giving back and making people feel beautiful. You Mm -hmm. know, it meets all of those needs. So it without trying becomes an addiction when something meets three or more, it becomes an addiction. Right. So like, Mm -hmm work has always been an addiction for me and the schedule has always been an issue and I know stylists who have their schedules on the book it's so hard to stay within I get it so I just wanted to throw that in and just say like I totally get it
1: yeah and it's can you hear me okay yeah it's it's crazy because my daughter she and I and I like to to share my experience with my daughter because she, she's she's my person, <laughs> and um, and and I want people who are listening to understand. You know, she's twenty, going to be twenty two, and she's thinking for her mom's well being. So when she told me this, it like it took her it took a few times for me to to really pay attention to what she was saying, but I understood the context of what she was saying. She was like, mom, these people do not care about you. Meaning the people who are, who were coming to see us, the people, you know, our clients, like, I'm even scared to even say that on this podcast because, you know, a fear of offending someone, you know, but that's what my daughter said to me. She's like, they don't care, and I'm like thinking to myself, I can name at least a hundred people that care about she me. Did listen to my you know? podcast? <laughs> no, um, like they don't give a shit. <laughs> no, and it's crazy because, you know, even during quarantine, I realized like, wow, you know, a lot of people really just, I thought, you know, they just cared about themselves and didn't even take into consideration, you know, how we were feeling. So I know that our guests care. I know that, you know, if they knew the weight of what we carried, they would understand. Right. And it took me a long time to be okay with me saying, I'm going to only work three days a week. it it took me a long time to get to that point. And can
0: I even say that like our guests are with us for two to three hours every six to 12 weeks. We're, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. to us, they're like so important to us and we want to make them happy and all of that. But like in the grand scheme of things, like it's not that big of a deal to change your schedule. And like, you're as much as like these relationships mean so much to us, Mm -hmm. they're not going to cut you a mortgage check. So why give them right. a dis- why give them a discount? You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to be there for you if you're in the hospital. So why talk to them about your health and all of that? Do you know what I mean? It's like you. That's you- right sometimes violate these boundaries for love and relationships and connection. But like, Mm -hmm. we're a small part of their, we're a big part of their life. We make an impact, but time-wise, it's only a couple of hours every couple of months. So like when, why would we put ourselves last for that one guest? Mm -hmm. We group all of them into our clients. Like we group that one person who will have an issue with our whole
1: clientele when most of them don't even care. If we have to make a change. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just going back to, you know, what it takes to run the business and to promote your business and mm-hmm. all of those things, it, it's like something has to give. You have to take a pause. You have to set boundaries for yourself. You have to realize what, what is it that's important for you right now in this present moment? and that sometimes you just have to put your phone down or just take the day off and and regroup and fill yourself back up. And I hope that those that hear this podcast who deal with similar situations of not being okay with saying no. Just remember you're saying yes to yourself.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And and that's what matters because without you nobody else, they're not going they're not going to benefit if you're not okay. If you' if you're not full inside and whole inside and feeding those needs and wants that you have for you, you know what you do behind the chair is just it, it, I mean you may hurt yourself behind the chair trying to give so much to someone else and then the side effect is that you end up hurting yourself. So be aware, have that self-awareness that it's okay to say no sometimes and feel, be, be comfortable with saying no and saying yes more to you and what matters to you, your family, your well being, your cat, your dog, your outside, getting outside, um, finding something else to look at besides your phone, pick up a book, look at some art, what inspires you? Maybe, maybe it's a, the architecture of a building. Maybe it's a bed of, of flowers. Maybe it's just taking a drive to the mountains or to down the street. Think of those things that help feed your soul. Because you know when your soul is trying to speak to you, you hear it. Your soul is trying to tell you. That is there for you. And if you ignore it, then those sounds get further and further away from you. And then all the outside noise starts to fill up in your head and in your being. So try to bring everything back to you and saying yes to you. And that's what self-care for me has been like. It has been a journey that has taken me a long time to get there. And it It was my daughter that really pushed me because she saw me suffering. She saw me emptying. And when you get to that place, when you're emptying emptying yourself, you start or have the possibility of filling it up with things that are unhealthy, like lack of sleep, um, eating the wrong food just putting things inside you that are toxic and then those toxins come out of you and you become toxic to others and you don't even realize that that's what it is but that connection is there and it's so prevalent and how we touch people that transfer of energy happens whether it's someone giving back to you and feeding something to you you may not even Receive it or be able to receive it because you have put so much toxic, toxic energy out there that you're not even able to receive it, the goodness that someone's trying to give back to you. So remember to always say yes to you first. And whatever that looks like for you, whether it's just setting time, start with 15 minutes. I used to take 15-minute vacation breaks. <laughs> i would back in the day i would go and sit in my car for 15 minutes and that would be my vacation that would, would be me chain something. smoking mm-hmm. three newports girl
0: newport what you doing smoking a newport listen and uh. not anymore i'm freaking straight edge I don't do shit, (laughs) but that was my vacation as chain smoking three Newport. So Mm -hmm. tell me about your vacation breaks that were, that's, I think that it's good to just take that time to check in and connect with yourself.
1: It is. I was just being silly. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. Girl, honey, I've been there. I, I have had some toxic behaviors in my life that led to me and this is a trigger warning for anyone who's listening. Um, But, you know, I, I've put myself in some very, very bad positions because of some toxic behavior that I've had. And uh, one of them I'll share with you, I was so, and then I'll get to my vacation breaks, but I was so high out of my mind once that I took This, I risked my life and walked down Peachtree Street in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was very out of it, and um, I used to hang at a strip club, (laughs) and this was before I really dove into the field of cosmetology again, but again, I, I preface this with I've done some toxic things in my life. There's and no I was really, really high. Podcast. I left this. Sh- That's right. There's no, judgment. I, 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 t- I left the strip club high, went walking down Peachtree street in Atlanta, Georgia, and don't even really remember much of how far I went, where I went. And I don't even know this person. I don't even think and and I know I was high, but I don't even think this person was human. This angel came and literally rescued me from myself. And I don't know if he had been watching me at the strip club and it was a male and male energy. And he walked me back to my car and waited until I came down And once I came down and came to and back to reality, he told me, I'm glad you're okay. It's time for me to go. And I was like, What just happened? But I was safe. I was in my car and I still don't know who that person was. Now, mind you, I could have just been stoned out of my mind and just been sitting in my car that whole time. But my experience was, I remember the headlights in my eyes I remember walking and I don't remember where I went or how far I went but I remember coming back to my car and this man this angel saved my life whether you dream the
0: whole thing or it happened what is reality
1: that's right
0: it's what we experience you know it's Mm -hmm. that's, that's like a very memorable and powerful moment I'm here, It was glad you're okay, it's time for me to go.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, again, that goes back to in the very beginning when I told you how, you know, I've had abandonment issues from being adopted. And um, I can tie that into my business so easily. Having fear of my business not being there or my clients not being there. Or my staff not being there. It's all connected. And I've been able to identify what that looks like. And how I am able to connect it to the present. Is I give myself time every day. To connect with my inner. My higher self. With my soul. And whatever that looks like for you. For me I wake up. First thought in my brain is thank you. Very first thought. Next thought is love. And then the next thought is I start to chant. I'm slowly chanting and that's how I wake up. I chant and then I, I chant Om. And I, I'm waking up. I'm slowly coming out of that sleep. And and start remembering who I am. And then I I feed my body with water. Because water, it has a miracle healing property to it. We are made of water. So I fill myself up with water. And then I'm slowly chanting and I'm going through my morning. And then little by little, you know, the, the day starts to wear on you. You know, you feed yourself with coffee or you don't feed yourself at all or you whatever it is. But I'm always trying to ground myself and to stay in the present and always walk in gratitude. And it's a hard walk sometimes because it's hard to be grateful for things that have caused you pain whether it's a person or a situation or if it's self-inflicted. But I've taught myself over the years to be grateful even in the darkest hours. And that story I told you that happened in Atlanta, I'm grateful for that because it really reminds me that I could have easily ended up dead that night but it wasn't my time. And I was given another chance. And in that every night when you go to bed and you wake up, you renew, you're given another chance. And celebrate that, celebrate your wins. Even if it's waking up today, that's a win even if you got rest, you were able to sleep peacefully. That's a win. Our industry, our business, especially what we do, the gifts that we give, it can be, of course, very rewarding and glorious and satisfying. And it's instant gratification to see someone emotionally attached to this experience you gave them. But it it requires a lot of energy. It requires a lot of energy. So you remind yourself to feed yourself, to get give that energy back to self so that you can do it again and again and again for as long as you want to. So that, that um, putting yourself first is is so important and I just commend my daughter for knowing that at such a young age and um and for me to be able to spread it on spread that love onto my team it allows us cohesively to grow together in those spaces when we're not together we can when you have time off and you're away from the chair you're able to be more creative You're able to, like I said earlier, spend time with family or your animals or whatnot. But when you come back, you're refreshed. It's like you're brand new again. And you can be creative.
0: It's so necessary. Like the impact Mm -hmm. that we want to have on all of these people, the world, like Mm -hmm. everything that we want to do requires us to be our best self and to to have health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. You know, if we totally put our health and everything last, you know, mental health is extremely important. And like, without putting yourself first, you can't have the impact that you want long term. If we did if, for ourselves what we did for others, we'd be able to give 10 times.
1: Yes. Well, if you think of um it's like a snake shedding its skin. Like if it if it didn't shed its skin, it would suffocate. Mm. Right? So it's like shedding that skin and renewing is so important. It's so important, especially for people who are in, um, the, cause we're in like a, I feel like we're, we should be in classified as medical practitioners because we're providing more than customer service and, and retail, cause that's kind of where they classify us. And I learned that, um, during the whole um, shutdown and filing for PPP and all those things, we're considered a retail business, but really, we're like medical practitioners. We're professional
0: service you know? providers. And I swear, Danielle, if I die tomorrow, yes. I want the industry to know that we're not merely people. we're professional service providers. Like,
1: you know, we yes. do
0: so much more than put foils in people's hair.
1: Right. We give people, like we change people's lives daily and you know that you know when I started off by saying you know we had this cultural poison that was inflicted in in um, the field of cosmetology but as our our culture as a whole and I'm speaking of um, people who have natural hair and textured hair you know there's been a lot of you know shame and guilt around our hair and how we wear our how how we have worn our hair in the past. And yes, we we're taking leaps and bounds and uh, of acceptance. And more and more people are feeling more confident, but there's still trauma connected to it.
0: There's well, still can pain. I, can I point out that like there's fashion models, women of color, and all hair textures and there's it on the mainstream. Yes, we're making leaps and bounds, but person to person, human to human, the one-on-one connection, the trauma is still there around hair. Mm -hmm. It might be out there in the open mainstream, but there's millions of women, all races. It's not about that, but curly hair, textured hair, all of those things, like there's a long way to go person to person to really erase that trauma or heal yes. it, rather, you know, mm-hmm. it's not there, but heal it and talk about it and be open and educated on it. And I'd love to talk about that here.
1: Yeah, we can, we totally can. And, and I have to say that, you know, women of color have had it the worst and, you know, not to negate non-women of colors experience but there is a certain privilege that comes with you know people who are of the lighter skin or or white um where you can change your hair and not be um ostracized or told that you cannot wear your hair that way um or you could change your hair and and um appropriate a culture that is not yours and then the next day change it back to your hair how you wear it whereas women of color when when we do that um we are oftentimes told it starts for in within the home I believe sometimes it starts within your own self as an adult But as a child, you know, sometimes it starts there in the home that, you know, do something with your hair. What's wrong with your hair? Go brush your hair. You know, these are things and stories that I've heard, and it's damaging because it makes you feel less than or that you're not okay or that there's something wrong with you as a child. And, you know, when we embrace children that come into our salon, that appointment is one of the most times that it's it's the most important time one of the most important services we put a lot of um love into those appointments when we get children that come in especially when we have a child who is of color and maybe one of their parents is not maybe they're biracial or maybe they're their guardian we never know the story, but that that appointment with the child in our salon is one of the most important appointments that we ever give because it's sometimes their first good experience with getting their hair down, done, sometimes they are so traumatized from getting their hair done at home that they're just screaming their way through it. I mean, I have crystals all around the salon. I have um, mannequin heads that I now use as a form of therapy for the children, so that they can work on a mannequin head that has textured hair. There are things that we do where we take breaks when that child is, is traumatized or their hair is their head is tender-headed. Um, we have a way of consoling and and talking to the child and uplifting the child and also teaching the parent or the guardian. But in this realm that we're in, we have been fed that there's something wrong with the way that we look and the way that our hair grows out of our head. And the beauty industry is at somewhat responsible for not taking that on and changing it and teaching the ways of love and appreciation and um, embracing. And in some ways we're responsible for not uplifting and, and learning how to work with textured hair. And I've always said that it has been because of that. That is the reason why the, I call it poison, the poison is still out there. Because the beauty industry could have taken this on and taken it into a different direction years ago, decades ago. But instead, what happened was society taught us that that's not what's beautiful. So we had a bigger, we had a bigger, um, I guess, entity to fight against. We had a a bigger problem that was unseen. So we were taught to um, change the hair, make into something better decades ago you know and so this poison it, it's deep you know and we're trying to change that at Radically Curly we're trying to change that poison into medicine by teaching not only the young babies that come into our salon but grown-ass women <laughs> who are in their like 60s Who we have a lady, if I may, share a story who told a stylist, why did God curse us with this hair? Why did God give this to us? And the stylist had to say, had to step back and just say, Wow, I you know, I don't know what to say to that, but your hair is beautiful my hair is beautiful. You know, sometimes we had that poison shows up and somebody will try to spill their toxic toxicity onto you and you have to just take a step back, you know, and and for me over the years when i hear comments like that coming from another human being that doesn't love themselves or love how they look, i have to pause, take a step back, take a deep breath. right in front of them. And then I look into their eye and I say, let's start this again. Because I'm not trying to wear that energy. I'm not trying to take that on because I love myself enough to know that this was a blessing. This is not a curse. This is a blessing.
0: I would go for your hair. Like, like i literally every time i see you i'm like like i love curly hair like i absolutely magical like it's It's beautiful i think it's so beautiful
1: thank you
0: like sorry to cut you off (laughs) magical no it's okay it's not a it's okay yeah
1: it's not and all textures are beautiful, straight included. There are people of color who are born with straight hair, you know. And it's so, not about
0: race. Mm, and like it's I, not, have, to, but I it's... have to check myself, Danielle, because if I can be vulnerable with you, and I trust you mm-hmm. to talk to about this. There's some people I don't feel comfortable saying things to, but I trust you. I'm like, I'm working on... That whole white privilege situation Mm. of like not realizing how huge of an issue like when you were talking like there's moments that just hit me in the face I'm like that I didn't even realize and like it is like it doesn't affect me Mm -hmm. so like when you were talking about the trauma that a child has, I flash back to my salon days where I'm behind the chair and doing kids, um, mm-hmm. doing children's hair. And the parent comes in, they're like, I don't know what to do with it. All, ta- mm-hmm. all races, the texture, if it's challenging or like ripping through their hair or the child just having those negative words mm-hmm. of I don't know, like there's something wrong and like. It's traumatizing enough to be called fat or not or ugly or to be bullied or to just have your parent want something different of you in general and like how mm-hmm. it affects the beauty industry until this conversation, Danielle, like how you say it and like this like one on one, it like hit me square in the face and it's just like, holy shit. Like it's not something because we're so busy that we even think about a lot of people And, like, I feel ashamed of that, but I also, like, would love to know, like, anyone who's listening to this who might feel like me, what can we do to make it better? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What can we do? Like, I don't even do hair. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I try to do is I try to talk about it, but, like, then again, like, I have to say, Danielle, there's so much fear of saying the wrong thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and just I don't ever want to be offensive to anybody you know and mm-hmm. I always like I want to support my all of my friends doesn't matter the mm-hmm. race doesn't matter the texture of their mm-hmm. hair doesn't matter like I want to support everybody but there yes. is fear there is fear in my in my heart I do have fear of saying the wrong thing and being mm-hmm. canceled you know? And I think that that holds the conversation back. I think it holds everybody back with the fear of saying the wrong Mm -hmm. thing. And I I would love to, and I asked this on Clubhouse to Monet Everett and I love her. I had her on the the show. She was was great. And she was talking about how, you know, stylists on set, if they can handle all textures of hair, they're limited with who they're allowed to work on because not all stylists on set can do that texture. So it actually Mm -hmm. holds you back to be more well-versed and all textures. And she said, you know, it's bullshit pretty much. Like, why why should I suffer and only be allowed to do X, Y, and Z when I have the most experience here? And then she Mm -hmm. talked about how many women of color on set, many actresses have to go get their hair done somewhere else and still sit on set. Mm -hmm. and I was just like it was another moment like what you shared with me just now of like hitting me in the face of like I didn't even know that Mm -hmm. because it doesn't affect me and it's just Mm -hmm. like damn like there's a lot of things going on in the industry that like a lot of people aren't paying attention to or realize and um, yes I I just like I want to put that out there and be vulnerable with you and say like I want to do more and like how I can do more is you know speaking up, even though, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's courageous in a sense of like, it doesn't mean I'm not afraid to be like, yeah, I'm working on white, right. my white privilege, because I didn't even realize, and I didn't even think about it until you said it. And then I flash back to being part of the problem being like, yeah. we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. I want to punch myself in the face right now. Cause I didn't even realize, mm-hmm. cause I'm just solving problems. Like I learned in hair school, it's just solving problems, but like someone's hair doesn't have to be a problem. It could be a gift that's right you know and everybody's hair is there's beauty in all textures and I asked Monet this mm-hmm. too and she was just like I think the first step is in in learning about all textures of hair is finding the beauty in mm. all textures
1: that's right and skin tones See, and
0: I know that I'm Monet- not, I and if I can just put this out there vulnerably to you Danielle I'm so past race that like mm. I was one of those people that was just like I don't Like, I don't look at anybody differently because of their race, but the fact that you don't, you're not like, do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: It's like, I, I I think I do. I want to put you in someone's shoes who is darker complected, who works on naturally curly hair. And we see all all races, all cultures, every skin tone. But this stylist who sees women who are not of color tells me often how hard it is to push through a moment of um, judgment. Can you do my hair type? Are you able to do my hair type? So if we reverse it, the stylist is brown skin and the client is not. And the stylist is the expert, but is still looked at and lowered to someone who is Black. Do you know any other type of hair other than black hair because you don't do my my hair hair.
0: because you don't have the same hair as me can you do my hair I can Mm -hmm. totally see that being a reality Mm -hmm. I had stylists I had I can totally see this being around and as a salon owner I've seen it
1: Mm -hmm. and And it's it's hard because then you have the looser open curl client with the open curl You know, the the ideal curl type, like how there used to be the ideal face shape, there's the ideal curl type where it's looser, open, it hangs. And the stylist who has to sit there and, you know, really work through what they're projecting, it's hard. I can't imagine
0: and it's like you don't think I don't think about this and I Danielle Mm -hmm. I want to like talk about it openly because I want to help. I want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I want to have these conversations. I live in fear of being canceled and saying the wrong thing. And somebody thinking that I'm not genuine or whatever. It's that stress we were talking about of being an influencer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's so stressful because like, I want to have these conversations, but I get nervous and I'm thank you for Mm -hmm. being you because I feel like I can talk about it to you because I know that you know me and that you know that I would never like I Mm -hmm. never want to say the wrong thing um but you know putting and everybody listening like being in those shoes of like not feeling qualified or not feeling enough because of the way your hair grows out of your head I think that's complete fucking bullshit Mm -hmm. how can we what can we do what can somebody listening do Danielle like to to make it so that there's some kind of action we can take?
1: I think what we need more of is the acknowledgement that I have not been in your shoes, but I'm aware that this is a problem and I am going to be an ally against this problem. And how you become an ally is not only doing the work personally, you know, doing your own personal work, you know, away from the salon, but learning, learning how to work with texture, getting the mannequins, purchasing the textured hair mannequins, And if you're in a position where you can't get the mannequins, then take some perm rods and take your existing mannequin and create some texture on the mannequin. There's always a way to find a way to work with the texture and get better and better at your craft. Because we know that perfectionism is a myth. But when you have someone that walks into your salon And they're coming to see you because you're you. They chose you. Look them in their eyes. Don't allow fear to make you feel that you cannot serve this community. Because, trust me, we have money. We want to spend it. And we want to look good. And we will keep searching until we find someone who can cater to our needs but if if you have two hands you can do it you i mean as long as you have a heartbeat you can do it and it's just finding that connection connecting with someone not because of the texture of their hair because of who they are as a person, you know, our hair is really just an accessory of our soul, you know?
0: Totally. And I'll say it to you. Um, I've not been in your shoes, but I know it's a problem Mm -hmm. and I want to help. I want to be an ally. And I just, you know, I feel so much guilt and shame of like not doing enough and it does come from that fear because in my perfect world, which is not reality, we all just get along and love each other, no matter our hair, no matter <laughs> everything, but you can't just mm-hmm. get there. You have to go through. It's like doing any work on ourselves. You have to go through yes. it and see here and value and connect with people and like actually be, meet them where they're at of like, Hey, like this has mm-hmm. been a challenge forever. Just because you decide it's comfortable for you now to say something doesn't mean it's like whatever, you know, but right. the more of these conversations that I've had, and I love to do them on the podcast because it's so much more, there's so much more context. It's so much more intimate. Um, the more conversation I have, the more I just can understand. And I think that that's yes. a huge step is to just understand and to realize like, right. you know, cause you know, it could be like, I've been through a lot too, but nothing nowhere near To what has been happening Mm -hmm. forever, and it's just like, you know, well, it happened so long ago. Can't we get over it? No, like it's something that we have to address and be a part of. And as a, that Mm -hmm. we are the best industry in the world. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. Our industry, and I was talking about this on an interview earlier today. My biggest hope for our industry is that we never, like, that we can unite. And that we don't fall into the divisiveness of like reality. And we can, Mm -hmm. as an industry, unite together. And we are divided. There's stylists, there's barbers, there's salons, there's barbershops, there's, you know, all it's, it's different, Mm -hmm. not even just barbers, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's different, Mm -hmm. it's all separate. And I think education Mm -hmm. is a huge, I think education is huge. Like my beauty school, I went to a great school um, and, you know, still they said ethnic hair. And I asked on Clubhouse, I was like, is this okay to say, because I will never say this, but that's what we were taught. And I said that for Mm -hmm. almost a decade when referring to people's hair. And I'm like, I have traumatized people. Like, what can I do to make reparations? Because like, what the fuck? Yes. But like, that was just like, what was in the beauty school books in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, I learned recently, like you say, straight. Wavy, curly, or curly, or kinky, coily hair. And like, that is okay. Mm-hmm. And I love that you say textured hair, like, you don't say ethnic yes. hair. So if you're still right. saying that, listeners of the podcast, fucking knock it off. Don't say
1: that. <laughs> right. And, and Gina, kinky hair can be a trigger. So I don't like that. I, so mm-hmm. I
0: even, he- I heard Monet say it. And if, if I feel like if Monet is saying it, then I, I could say it. But like, I think mm-hmm. that kinky could be a trigger too. And, like, I yes. never want – like, that is the last thing. Like, I want to make people feel warm, fuzzy, and amazing. Mm-hmm. And when they leave my presence, I want everyone to feel amazing. So I would mm-hmm. never want to be offensive or triggering. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you think that – you believe – and I I agree that it's, tri- like, extra curly. Yeah, because – What can we say? Yes.
1: Textured hair. Textured hair. Tight, tightly coiled. Describe it as it looks. Tightly coiled. And um, – you know, and I know that trigger can be a trigger, saying the word trigger. So I learned from one of my therapists that activating is a better word. So kinky can activate someone. It can be activating to say that word. So it, in, in that, you're, you're creating an energy, right? So instead of describing the hair as kinky, you can describe it as your curls are a lot smaller and they coil and wrap around each other. Tightly coiled. They're tighter coiled. And they spring, they they have a lot of, of spring action. Yes. Their elasticity, it bounces back a lot faster and easier. So the hair shrinks, right? So I would just be aware there is, there, if a client says the word kinky, then by all means, is it okay if I say kinky? You know, don't, don't be afraid. Ask the question. Is it okay if I say kinky, you know, and just move on. And don't walk on eggshells.
0: Just be yourself. Yes. Be
1: yourself. That's right. But you know, like I said before, people, we, our, our culture, we have been so misguided by the beauty industry over the years that finding that trust in a hairstylist is hard right now because there are so many experts or so many systems out there and well is this system I want this type of cut and is this should I be using that or what? You know, there's so much information that's spread out, but now our our community finds more peace um, by watching a video and trying it themselves. And we all know as influencers, you know that a lot of times that stuff it could it could be paid. You know, they could be paid to do to to sell you that product so when you asked earlier what can you do because you feel fa- feel fear I know you I know you like I can see you through this phone right now I know that you can overcome fear you know that fear is a false what do they how do they say it false reality eh, I forgot it false it's evidence a false interpre- thank you false evidence appearing real. I know that you, Gina, can, can walk past that. You can walk beyond that.
0: Totally. And but just, I have that story of having, rejection and abandonment that like, it's we've okay. been, and it's like, you know, I don't want to be canceled. Like that's like the worst fear of any influencer right now. It's like saying the wrong thing. And I want to be more outwardly spoken about it, but I've just been educating myself quietly on the sidelines until I feel Mm -hmm. comfortable. And I feel like this podcast is the first podcast I've ever, or the first time I've ever even like openly admitted those feelings of myself. I kind of just stay in the background and stay quiet, but I don't want to.
1: Well, the one thing I think the cancel culture has the potential to do in this case is to counsel someone who does not acknowledge the origin of where the information comes from the actual source of for example if it's if you're used to saying ethnic hair and you're now saying textured hair be honest with your audience and say hey I was one of the ones like People want to see real people being real. They don't want to see you come from out of the shadows, out of doing all of your education and training, and now you're the expert. I'm not. So <laughs> they people want to know that you're real and that you are doing your work to become a better human being. Not that you were a bad human being. You just didn't know what you didn't know. And there's so much more to learn. And a lot of it is personal. A lot of it is from your childhood. A lot of it is ingrained in you and you don't even know that it's there. That's why I said you have to do your own personal work outside the salon. But when it comes to what you do behind the chair, it's making that one-on-one connection just like you would with someone who is not of color. Women and men of color and families, they just want to be treated the same. We don't want to be treated any different when we walk into your salon. We want to know that we can trust you. And if if I sat down in your chair, Gina, and you said, you know, this is my first time working with, with your texture, but I'm so excited. This is what I'm going to do. Let's talk about it. Mm. it it's, a, it's a conversation. It's a consultation that you would have, even if it's someone who has um, color treated hair and they want to go gray, silver, or white hair, you have an in-depth consultation with them, you know? So it's, it's similar to that. It's like, we don't want to be treated like our hair is a problem and that you have to do something to, to solve the problem. We may come in with our own needs. My hair is dry. My hair um, I can't get my curls to be defined. How do I elongate my curls? Those are like the top three questions people ask. Uh, do I need protein versus moisture? Um, totally. How do you cut? How do you cut my hair? You know, these are questions that your guests may ask, and they want to also see that representation. On your platform, they want to see that you, whether it was a good attempt or a bad attempt, they want to see them, they want to be able to see it that you are actually practicing cosmetology, that you are operating as a cosmetologist. You are actually doing hair, all hair, not just one type of hair, but all hair, because it's all unique and beautiful. And when they don't, when people, when we don't see ourselves represented, then that's when we take the pause and we ask the question, like, hmm, is this someplace I want to go? And then we wonder, hmm, now this is a famous hairstylist and famous colorist, and she's really popular, he's really popular, but what's going to happen when I sit in their chair? I mean, my My skin tone, I don't look like anyone on their platform.
0: Well, now my brain is going crazy because now I want to ask you, how do I find, and another thing I (laughs) like, I want to say, how do I find, I want more black stylists at the network. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want
0: more black stylists, but I even feel scared saying black stylists. And I'm just like, why the fuck do I always, I just am so nervous to say, like, Mm -hmm. I want more, I want a more diverse team but I want more black. Everybody in my salon is diverse. Everybody is different. They all do different Mm -hmm. kinds of hair. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they all have their own styles, but like, Mm -hmm. I want more diversity in a sense of like, I want every person in our community to feel comfortable coming into my salon. Mm -hmm. And if my artists are all booked out and we don't even book them, you know what I mean? Like they have Mm -hmm. their own clientele Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, how do I find, how do I put out there without being like do, do I just say we need black stylists at the network? Like I want them to work there. No. I want, I want our team. I want every person of our community to feel welcome. There's nothing on the network's mm-hmm. grid. That's not perfect. Blonde, curly Instagram hair, like mm-hmm. curled with an iron, not naturally curly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that it's really important. Like I want that, but I've never known how to get it without being, I've been scared to put it out there.
1: Well, you first stop saying I want and you say I am. I am a diverse salon.
0: Yes, okay, that's way better.
1: Yeah. You you start you start there. You change you change it because we know anything that we say after I am it is so. So, and we make a
0: decision we, that our mm-hmm. salon is that and the yes. universe will bless us like we talked about in the first five minutes
1: that's right that's right you just make that simple change and and, and wipe out the fear and you go into action by uh recruiting models especially you gina for your team? Did you just say that you don't do hair anymore?
0: I'm literally on podcasts and business. So it's like, okay, it's like, and it's, I ask myself, I'm like, how much time do I want to dedicate to this? You Mm -hmm. know, what do I want to go back to school and train when I'm not even doing hair? But I definitely, I have two assistants working with me now and I would love to get them more training um, and make the education available to them. But it's like Mm -hmm. how I'm trying to get away from doing hair, but I'm also kind of doing it here and there. So it's like how much time, but that's like also kind of like an excuse, but I don't want to like make more commitments when my schedule is already packed. So I'm like, "Ah, how much do I want to put out? But you know, just partnering and we're rental. So it's like partnering with stylists who may Mm. not just, they, they may not just feel welcome because there's no textured hair on our page. And a stylist wouldn't feel mm-hmm. well, wa- or a client wouldn't feel welcome there either, or like trusting mm-hmm. of it because they don't see it on the grid. I think it's good to bring well, that Well, you
1: know, social media is just one place where one outlet uh, where your business is funneled from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you also have a website. Um, you know, start recruiting educators who that's their specialty mm, totally and and make sure you uh, vet them before you bring them in. I mean, you've already you've named Monet. she's an excellent example of of someone to bring in. And a lot of times it it's just um, taking some photos of that experience and just showing that you are making an effort to, support and be an ally because i can guarantee you in your city that people are looking for you but they're afraid to come there just like you're afraid to do their hair you know there there are people who have uh, multi-textured hair who are mixed who are also black white black asian black hispanic black whatever you know and it's no longer about being black or white it's it's a, a whole multicultural um, uh, universe that we live in. But black people are the first who have suffered the most in our beauty industry. And that has to be acknowledged. And I when totally you have agree. someone who is, you know, indigenous and who is African who is African-American or however they choose to speak on it, you know, it's, these people are the kings and queens and they should be treated as such. And for so long, my people have not been treated the way that they should have been treated. And it it, it has been a deep embedded um wound you know and so we are of course a proud race a proud uh community and when it comes to bringing someone into your salon saying hey I'm looking for a black stylist isn't the way to go
0: no I know that but that's like what I think because it's just like I'm broken. No, I don't want to do the okay. wrong thing.
1: You're Danielle, not, you're I'm like not. Terrified. Because you've already, no, no, no. You've already, first of all, you, um, have a lot of history within your own bloodline, a lot of history. And when it comes to a lot of people say, well, it's just hair. It It, it is to a certain extent. So I say that too. I'm just like hair is hair. Like, then that's the thing. There's more to it. Now you know that there is a lot of trauma and shame and abuse that has been instilled by us as the beauty industry behind the chair to people of color. And you will start to hear the stories. If you added, if you're listening to this podcast which if you've made it this far, God bless you. Seriously. Because this is the best part of it. This is the best part of it. Just by adding services such as natural hair cutting or natural hair shaping or curly cutting, curly styling to your menu, it will change your life. Your life will not only, your pockets will get deep, But your life will be changed forever because we will come into your salon glad that you have something available that's just for us. And knowing how to work with texture, yes, it requires skill. But like I said, if you have a heartbeat and two hands, you could do it. You did learn that much in cosmetology about you know, straight, wavy and curly.
0: What I think too is as a stylist there and how you shared before like as a client sitting in the chair you question the stylist, can you do my hair? And I think mm-hmm. that it goes always of like that fear of like am I right. good enough? Am I skilled enough to do this hair? And Mm -hmm. like, is this person going to trust me? Um, So I'm, I'm color wise. Yes. Cutting and styling kind of, but like, I definitely have a long way to go. I'm in no means a specialist. I feel like with color, I can do anybody's hair. And I have had Mm -hmm. many guests, all textures and I've done great. And I've always said like, hair is hair. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. I say like, I'm confident to do your hair. It's just the texture. And I'm totally like, I can, I know I can make the color look good. It's just a different fabric. Like I've always been really welcoming to my guests. Have I said the wrong thing now that all of this is kind of coming up and bubbling up in our industry of like people actually talking about it? Yes. I've said the wrong thing for years. You know, and I want to make that right, and I want to get better, and I want to provide the training and make it available, especially in mastermind. You know, my Mm -hmm. online education doesn't even cover that because I'm not an expert, and I'm not going to sit around and pretend to be the expert. I need the expert, so I'm going to talk to you offline about that too. Right. Uh, You know,
1: that's what I was going to say: is you find the expert, Mm -hmm. and for those that are listening on the call right now, if you want to do textured hair, that's amazing. You know, that's like the first step to recovery, is that you want to do it. You know, you've 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 admitted that you have a problem. And now we're gonna work on what your problem is, because a lot of times your problem is you. It's not that you can't do the hair, because you can do the hair, but you just need to learn how to do the hair, just like you learned how to place a foil, just like you spend thousands of dollars on how to do a balayage. So I think that you're on to something, Gina. And I know that our I believe in our community, even though we've we have this big problem, I know that we're 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 taking action collectively to change it. We're we're all aware. And and there are, I'm not saying that let me let me put it to you this way. I'm not saying that if your specialty is straight blondes, that you must go out and do natural blondes, right? But what I'm saying is at least acknowledge and be aware that there is a client that looks like me or it looks like uh, Monet that may want to wear their hair straight and blonde. So do you, do you know how to have these conversations with them? With that guest, do you know how to, you know, have that discovery with them and have the all the things that you know about hair color still applies to people with curly hair? Totally. So, you know, it's it's. I do believe in the specialty salon. I I do believe that, you know, when you're a team based salon or employee based salon, in those cases. Those are the salons a lot of times that that get those types of walk-ins where, you know, they feel that, you know, this salon, I can go and see anyone. But if you're a specialty or if you're a, an independent uh, business owner behind the chair and it's just you, you that you're responsible for, I think that it would behoove you to learn more about this rich community. Because it not only comes in so many different textures, textures that I still, that show up behind my chair, in my chair. And I'm like, wow, I've never seen this texture before. You know, you, you will be so um, rewarded. It's just a rewarding thing to be able to help someone with just the basics and it's that just- you
0: already know. It's learning. you already know. <laughs> it's learning a new skill. It's adapting what you know to a new texture yes. or to master uh, and it and to learn everything about it. It's just adding a new skill, like learning a new extension yes. method. Everyone's learning four yes. different methods of extensions, and it's just like
1: it's almost by like mm-hmm. n- ignoring it. It's like we're ignoring a whole community. That's right, and you're losing out. Not only are you losing out in 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 uh, financially, you know, but just your ability to grow as a human being.
0: Totally. I, I love you, Danielle. Thank you. Honestly, like, thank you. I'm so glad we had this conversation and I know it kind of turned into like my coaching call toward the end, but like, you know, I feel comfortable to talk to you. Like, I love you and I feel comfortable. It's like, you know, you. your, your energy and ours, like even when we met and mm-hmm. the A school retreat too, like you just have this like loving energy. And like, I think, cause we've known each other in the past and you, you know, me through A school, like you just know me and I just feel comfortable to talk yes. to you. Um, thank you for giving me the courage to speak up. And I hope that people listening like you I I just hope that this was beneficial and I would love to work with you more in the future to make that education more available and to utilize my platforms. And do you have education available?
1: Hmm. Classes? I am no longer no, I don't. I have brought part of my self-care was to bring my education back into my salon. Good. So I am focused on my salon right now. But what I would do, if you would have me, is I would love to come and speak to your people, um, I your would team, be honored. your network. I would love it. Even I would, I would ever, however, let me, let me phrase this right. In whatever way that you need me to help in this area, I would be glad to offer my services. For I would you. love to.
0: And you yes. offer so much more than that, you know, like you mm-hmm. just you're just such an amazing person. And I just mm. I want to do everything that I can to put out there and to like make the education easily available and accessible, especially in my area. And yes. um, for my artists too, you know, just to make sure that that it it's there
1: you know? Yes. And And I do have resources too. Oh,
0: great. I would love to connect with you offline about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. any resources, please follow
1: Danielle, by the way, everybody (laughs) radically
0: curly, but don't you have another one? Yes.
1: It's radically curly. And then my my personal one is my name with three underscores, but I do the most activity on the radically curly Instagram and I'm all over the internet as radically curly. Yeah. You're a radical influencer. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. You I, are. I will, I
0: will take that. <laughs> You're so amazing. This was like I feel like so great after this conversation. Like I just feel like I learned so much, and I just feel like I always feel like such a strong connection to you. I just love you.
1: Yes, definitely. You are, you are in my heart. I will never forget our time together, and you I'm know. looking forward to the next time together, and yeah. we will keep having these conversations, and thank you for being an ally. Thank you for even wanting to do your part and do the work, because, you know, some people don't. Some people don't even- Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. I, to, like, I know you don't, you do. I'm
0: in my own world 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like I always say this too, like we're all in our own universe and it's like, yes. look outside of our comfort zone sometimes, or maybe something is just like, Oh, I don't know. And then you just kind of like focus on something else that you can control or that you understand or that you're an expert at, because it's like hard to go mm-hmm. into the pond without swimmies if you don't know. And it's scary. And especially mm-hmm. with today's day and age and the cancel culture and, you know, the mm-hmm. pressure of being an influencer and you understand, you know? so it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I just want to do my part and I know I'm not doing enough, but I'm, I'm really glad we had this conversation so that I can start kind of moving in that direction. And Yes. anything we can do together, we'll talk offline, but you know, anything that we can do together, I think that you're an incredible, you're a radical influencer. You're just an incredible resource and you've done the work on yourself. So, you know, it's coming from an authentic place and Mm -hmm. you you have so much to offer the world and the industry. And I'm just so glad you're putting yourself first so that you can make an incredible impact because you are
1: yes thank you sweetheart thank you for having me you are just a beautiful human being i love you i love you i cherish you and thank you to all the listeners for making it this far
0: oh yeah they made it <laughs> it might take them three days it might take them three or four days but <laughs> yes <laughs> is there anything you'd like to share you guys can find her at radically curly is there anything you'd like to share before we have off i can put things in the links too
1: Yes. Trust your talents.
0: I love it. Trust your
1: talents. I love it. I love you too.
0: Thanks, Danielle.
1: Thank you, guys. Take
0: care. Hey, everybody. I want to remind you before we go that I'm going on tour. So I'll be traveling to 12 cities starting in August and going through November. I'll be going to Tampa, Florida at Smith and Maine. I'll be going to Orlando at Educe Salon, Fort Lauderdale, Hair Circus Freaks, Oakhurst, White Opal Hair, Miami, Emilio Breit Salon, Houston, Kaleido Hair, Atlanta, Jacob Kahn Hair, Las Vegas, J. Rua Glam Hair Salon, Salt Lake City at Create the Collective, Claremont, we're coming back to Cut House. In San Diego, we're going to my mentor and coach and idol salon, Robert Cromie. We're gonna wrap up the tour at home at the Network Salon in Plansville for a hands-on class. It's gonna be awesome. This class covers foiling, foliage, toning, pricing, consultation, Q&A, business, boundaries, everything. We are going to go in and it is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to meet you all. If you want to get a ticket, feel free to click the link in my bio on Instagram. Or as always, you could visit the salon.com Hope to see you on tour. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. This episode is produced by Allura Media.